Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I wasn't about to do the DX rendition of Tag Team Champions of the World, just so you know. But what I was about to do was... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages... Buzzsprout.com and Spotify and what other website that I may or may not be on proudly presents to you the future award-winning gut-wrench podcast of the world the big dog mocha man don't call me that please Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mocha, and you're listening to the only podcast recommended by 9 out of 10 dentists. Anyway, in today's episode, we will be looking at a pay-per-view from 2009. Now a lot of you might be thinking to yourself, well here he goes again, talking about irrelevant shit. Old shit. When are we going to talk about some new shit? And for that, I say, I don't know, honestly. I couldn't tell you when we're going to talk about the new shit. And honestly, talking about the new shit, we would be talking about stuff that has already been covered by other podcast media outlets. I don't mean to be this person, but I don't want to beat a dead horse, you know? I don't want... Maybe in six or seven months, we'll go back and look at that. And plus, it'll give me content to keep up with and continuously try to uh, curb my, my own reviews for. It's hard to explain from my point of view, I suppose, but for me to talk about something that's already happened, that's already took place, and what the landscape was like back then, is a lot easier to talk about rather than trying to talk about something that's happening at this point in time and at this moment, where a lot of things haven't come full circle yet. A lot of decisions have yet to be made, and for that matter, a lot of futures are up into the air. So if I was to say something on this podcast, I would be misleading somebody as to what it pertains to someone's future or their future endeavors. So instead of doing that, what I choose to do is I choose to wait until that story is over Or for that matter, until that part of the story is over and then they come out and then they say something along the lines of, hey, I had an interview with PWI Insider and PWI, for those of you who don't know, is Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And 
then they'll talk about what it was that they were going through at that time. They'll talk about what, how it changed them, or for that matter, uh, how it helped them through their hard time, or anything like that. You know, then, me, myself, I would have enough content to go off of. Not knowing um, if I was to do it now, if I was to do it now and focus on the new shit, as you guys keep saying, um, I wouldn't have as much content. Take this for example. I'm looking at a pay-per-view from TNA Impact Wrestling. You heard me correctly. We're not looking at WWE or AEW from TNA Impact Wrestling from 2009. And people are still talking about that year in Impact Wrestling. And I thought, I'll throw my name into the hat. And I chose this pay-per-view. I chose this pay-per-view on accident. Or, I mean, the best things are accidents, honestly. Oogway, the fucking turtle from Kung Fu Panda, says there is no accidents. So... There are no accidents, is what he tells Fushui. I don't... Oh, man, that, that fucking... He's not a panda. What is he? He's like a lemur, ain't he? He was about to point to Tigris, and then he ends up pointing to Poe, because Poe fell out of the sky. I don't know that movie. Uh... If you don't know who I'm talking about, Master Fouché, or... Oh, man. You know what? This is not a Kung Fu Panda podcast, so we're going to hop right into the action. And ladies and gentlemen, I do have a lot to talk about. So, I was excited... Honestly, whenever I first started watching this, I was like, okay, Impact Plus. You want to know what I wasn't excited about, though? It was the fact that whenever I went back and I tried to look at the... I I thought to myself, I know exactly what to do. This is easy street. Easiest podcast in the world. Pay me now, you know? So, I thought, you know, this is going to be cakewalk. Cakewalk City. Am I right? Am I right, boys? But anyway, what ended up happening was basically I wrote down a date. Like the the date is five twenty four two thousand nine. I wrote down that date so that I could go back and watch the episode of Thursday night Impact Wrestling after this pay per view. So that I would have even more content to talk about. And then hopefully tie some stories. You know, tie them all up in a nice little bow and send them, send them off. That way that you, the listener, knows how these stories ended. You want to know what ended up happening though? I looked on the Impact Plus app. The subscription service that I'm paying seven. 
$7.99 for a month. I looked on there and it goes 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009 does not exist. Their entire library of live shows, not pay-per-views, but live shows, does not exist. They are a company that has been around for 20 years. Since 2004, Impact Wrestling... Almost 20 years. And you would figure by this point in time, they would have their shit together. So, I wasn't able to look at the pay-per-view after, but there was one storyline that came to an end that I can assure you that I already knew how it ended. So, we'll get to that. Whenever we get to that. No spoilers, alright? At least not for you guys. Unless, of course, you just want to look it up. Be like, what's he talking about? TNA Sacrifice 2009. And then just pause the podcast, look up the results, and then just be like, okay, I'm done with this. Just fuck off, Mocha. Nobody wants to hear you anyway. Open of the show talks about how much is at stake, um, what sacrifice, sacrifices, uh, to get to this point, Mick Foley, okay, so Mick Foley, to open the show, the first thing that comes out of his mouth is the following phrase, sometimes you've got to break bones, okay, okay, respectedly, Mick Foley, sometimes you've got to break bones. Do you listen to yourself, Mick, whenever you talk? Just, that's a direct quote from Mick Foley. Sometimes you've got to break bones. Okay, but if you're breaking somebody else's bones, that's great. But if you're breaking your own bones, like you're a demented old man, and you just want to sit home and beat your foot with a ball bat or something, then there's something wrong with you, and you don't have, I'm going to put this in air quotes, you don't have to break anybody's bones, okay? Sometimes you might have to break your opponent's bones. Why couldn't Mick Foley just say, sometimes you have to break somebody's bones? Instead of saying something along the lines of, sometimes you got to break bones, like, you don't want to break your own. Anyway, it amazes me that he doesn't realize what he's actually saying. So I put, there's a joke in there somewhere, but, you know, aptly named TNA Sacrifice. That's the name of the pay-per-view. I guess he's sacrificing his bones The New Japan Tag Team Champion Champions, I'm sorry, the New Japan Junior Tag Team Champions, the Motor City Machine Guns, 
Chris Sabin, and Alex Shelley, and Sheikh Abdul, who calls himself the Middle Eastern Nightmare. Now, Sheikh Abdul calls himself the Middle Eastern Nightmare. Cody Rhodes today, that was in 2000, 2009, Cody Rhodes today calls himself the American Nightmare. <clears throat> the American Nightmare. So, if I didn't know any better, I would say that he stole that somewhere. Despite the fact that his dad was aptly named the American Dream. And he just decided, you know what? If he's the American Dream, then I'm the American Nightmare. And then he thought, you know, I'll be Batman. 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 And my dad will forever be living in my shadow as Robin. Anyway. The opening match is a triple threat tag team match. I shouldn't say that. It's a six man tag team match. Um, That sees the guns. The Motor City Machine Guns of Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley. Not only are they the guns, but they are also the New Japan Junior Tag Team Champions. Uh, Sheik Abdul, the Middle Eastern Nightmare, face off against Showtime Eric Young. And for some reason, Eric Young comes out. And they build him from Tennessee. So, he's not... I gotta tell you guys a secret that nobody else knows. He's he's not from Tennessee. Okay, he's he's literally sorry for that ASMR, but he's literally Canadian. He's not from Tennessee. He's not. Go Google it. Eric Young, and um. Consequences. Oh man, I forgot the name of this team. I know who they are, but I don't know the name of the team. I'm pretty sure the name of the team was Consequences Creed, and it was Austin Creed and Jay Lethal. Um, Jay Lethal, of course, is ripping off the um the macho man Randy Savage he comes out to his entrance music and he comes out to wearing the robe that macho man wore or in a style that macho man wore it but Jay Lethal even though he would at times rip off macho man was still a very original and for that matter a very flam I don't want to say flamboyant but in a way energetic and and fun to watch Jay Lethal, honestly, he was like a mystery box because you never knew what you were going to get, you know? I don't want to say he was like a box of chocolates because I don't want to sound like Forrest Gump. But uh, this match ends in some controversy when Abdul gets uh, the... Middle Eastern Nightmare gets caught in a 
a um, pinning combination of some sort. It's not a jackknife cover. It's a it's sort of a sit down power bomb, but it's not a power bomb. It's sort of a sit out. I want to say it's a code red, but I'm not sure whether or not that would be dignified as a code red or not. Because a code red would have to be... It has to be a code red pin or a variation of the code red pin, is what I would say. But Abdul, the Middle Eastern Nightmare, goes to hang on to the ropes, and the referee finds fit to, instead of admonishing him for grabbing the ropes because in a legal wrestling match you're not allowed to use the ropes as leverage for anything and I mean anything the referee's supposed to count to five whenever someone grabs the ropes to use them for leverage to use them to break a hold or to use them um in any way whatsoever other than leverage and to break a hold, I really don't know why you'd be using ring ropes in the first place. But, in this case, the Middle Eastern Nightmare, Abdul, was using them in both cases to break the hold. Because he was literally about to be pinned, and he did not want his shoulders on the mat. And to stop himself from being pinned as I said while using them as leverage to kind of like sway the opponent whoever was below him which was I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure it was Jay Lethal that was uh, pinning him because I don't think Austin Creed was and I I know for sure that um Eric Young was wasn't um in the ring at the time. But anyway, the referee kicks the ropes. And whenever the ropes jiggle um his the Middle Eastern nightmare, his hands come off the ropes cuz whenever you it's almost like he was kicking the hands off of the person grabbing the ropes when in reality what he should have done was he should have counted to five if he would have got to five and the man wouldn't have let go of the ropes he had every right to disqualify him he he did not have he did not have any proper authority whatsoever to kick the ring ropes i want to say it's a little bit of a nitpick but it's it's not it's kind of like they didn't mean to do that. Like, that's a big fuck up, though. And it was a great wrestling match, too. It was amazing. It was entertaining. It was uh, balls to the wall. Um, everybody got their, got their shit in, so to speak. I gave it four out of five stars. <clears throat> Of course, I would have probably given it five out of five stars had it not been for that shitty ending. I'm not sure whether or not the referee was like, hey, you can't be doing that. Don't do that. Whether it be in kayfabe or for that matter in like behind the scenes somewhere. But nonetheless, um, 
And that takes me to our next match. Okay, so five minutes into the first match, however, commentary commentary was all over the place. Mike Tanay and Don Wes, they could not stop talking about the main event. It's great to basically sit and uh, talk about your main event a little bit, maybe, but they wouldn't shut up about it. Like, they were completely ignoring the action that was in the ring. And you use the word action like, you know, they were having sex. Oh, oh, the action in the ring. Oh, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, harder, daddy, harder. You know, like there was some action in the ring. Come on now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, they spend too much time talking about the main event. I even put it here, here on my notes, it's like, uh, the main event is not relevant right now, stop, and then I put, like, two lines under the word stop, talking about it like it's all that matters. The black, black machismo, uh, yeah, okay, I just wrote down the, the finish, the black machismo, and Jay Lethal, uh, Sheik grabbing the ropes in the confusion, the ropes to try to save himself, but the ref kicks the ropes and fast counts his shoulders. Yeah, that's that's about what happened. That's about what happened. Okay, so our next match, we're going to have to um. So, Daphne committed suicide. I don't know if it was earlier on this year, or if it was late last year. But, the woman that we're going to talk about, they talked about her being unstable. They talked about her being, um, you know, not right in the head, or... For whatever reason, they talked about her having mental instability. And, you know, in a wrestling format, I've seen crazy women like this before. Uh, I want to bring up AJ Lee, who, yeah, you know, for all intents and purposes, played the crazy chick really, really well. So much to the point that she made a friend out of CM Punk because there was the whole t-shirt that said, I dig crazy chicks, which is hilarious, by the way, because if you dig crazy chicks, okay, okay, oh God. And then there was that whole uh, Victoria thing, I mean, uh... I, I don't know what else to say. Every week, like, Victoria would come out and she would say everything that was on her mind and it sounded like a ramble or a rant or a... And any time that Victoria would come out and... Wouldn't matter whether it was for a wrestling match, it was for a promo, Jerry Lawler would shit all over this woman, this poor woman... 
And he would always talk about how crazy she is and how she's nuttier than a fruitcake. And, you know, she's two fries short of a Happy Meal. Or, oh my God, just leave her alone. Her theme song, too. Victoria's theme song was one thing that really got me. I didn't realize this, but growing up... Oh, okay. I didn't realize this until I was growing up, but it was an actual song. And it's not one of CFO's theme songs. It's an actual song that they paid royalties for. And it's by Tattoo, and it's everything she All the things she said. Excuse me. Um... And it's about a woman confused that she's falling in love with another woman. And the music video for that, All the Things She Said by Tattoo, is a really good music video. Um, honestly, it doesn't matter who you love. It doesn't matter. Stuff like that is... It's minor, it's minuscule, as a matter of fact, in the grand scheme of things, if you think about it. <clears throat> but nonetheless, Daphne, um, an unfortunate accident took her life. I want to say that it's an accident. You know, whenever they say stuff like, oh, she, she committed suicide, they never really, like, elaborate. About what killed them. They just say. Suicide. That's it. Like. I would like to know. Did she. Like slit her throat. Did she. Was it via gun. Was it. A handful of pills. You know. I wish I had the answers. And for that matter, I wish that I was there to stop her. Because when she did pass away... For two weeks, maybe more, there was nothing but... R.I.P. Daphne. All over my, my Instagram timeline and everything else. It's... I guess I guess it's just hard to talk about, but Daphne faces off against uh, Taylor Wilde, and this was just poor storytelling, in my opinion. It almost looked like that they, like a week before the pay per view or two weeks before the pay per view, they realized something. They were missing like two matches, and they needed to make them like really fast. So they were like, "I got an idea. Let's set up a camera." Uh, Stephen Richards. Sit down in this chair. You're going to play Dr. Stevie. And then they said, okay, um, improvise, people, improvise. Uh, Abyss, Abyss, sit down in that chair and you're going to be playing the demented Abyss. And Daphne, you're unstable, right? Well, you are now. Sit down right there and you're going to play the unstable Daphne. You could fly off the handle at any time. And... What Dr. Stevie says to um, Abyss is that he needs to learn how to, he's basically 
Dr. Stevie is there to, uh, because, oh, okay, Abyss is in weapons rehab. I don't know what that means. Weapons rehab. And, um, he's, he's trying to learn, trying to wing him off of weapons. I don't understand what that means. Like, you don't wing somebody off of something like weapons. Usually it's, it's an actual addiction, you know, that you're trying to wing them off of. But, nonetheless, this one's just poor storytelling. You want to know what the irony in this is? Dr. Stevie, as he's called, um, okay, well, anyway, he's in another company about five or ten years before he did this role, he played a psychopath. Yeah, so let that sink in for a minute. It, the doctor played a psychopath on an, in another wrestling company. Oh, God. Like I said, it was just poor storytelling, storytelling all over the place, and then Dr. Stevie takes off his belt and he starts whipping uh, everybody in the ring almost almost to the point to where the weapons rehab addict, I guess if that's what you want to call him, I guess he's an addict now. Uh, the monster Abyss ended up um, putting Dr. Stevie through a bed of tacks so basically there were these thumbtacks in the ring and they just went ahead and um choke slammed him onto the bed of thumbtacks because dr stevie kept hitting abyss with a belt and telling him to do his job he wanted abyss to uh, take taylor wilde who had just won her match and um, throw her into the bed of tax, but instead Dr. Stevie got the bed of tax. I don't know, it's terrible, terrible storytelling, and I've already spent too much time talking about it. Okay, the next match... <clears throat> the next match has a conclusion. This is the one match that I was able to find an ending for. Because it kept showing up on my YouTube. But uh, recommended for me on YouTube. Everyone thinks Christopher Daniels is suicide. Daniels and suicide are in the same ring? Question mark. So here's what happens. And Don West has this whole... <laughs> he has this whole conspiracy theory. That Christopher Daniels dressed up as this masked wrestler named Suicide. And he won the X Division Championship as Suicide. And then he... Like, the story that Don West tells makes no sense, because there's a few holes in it. I guess I should tell you his story before I poke the holes in it. So, after Christopher Daniels won his X Division title back as the titular character, Suicide, 
after he beat the champion and retained his title, or rather got his title, then he... The way that they put it, like there's... Here, let me try to poke some holes in it. So if Christopher Daniels won his title as suicide, why wouldn't he just unmask? Like, they're saying something about... They want to know who suicide is, because they don't know who he is, and he won't take off the damn mask. If Daniels wanted to prove that he could win the X Division title back... It's not going to make a difference whether he's wearing a mask or not. Like, Daniels, at any point in time, could have easily taken off the mask and said, Hey, guys, it was me all along. It was Christopher Daniels. I'm suicide. <clears throat> so, Daniels is not suicide. But Don Wes seems to think, and he's one of the commentators there, seems to think that Daniels played someone else, or Daniels paid someone else to play suicide for um, that event so that he could wrestle suicide. So that he could wrestle suicide and be able to pin him clean. And for that matter, be able to win his championship. But like I said, it's not going to make a damn of a difference whether Daniels has a mask on or not. No one's going to care. I'm just poking holes in this story. It makes no sense. It was the X Division Championship match, and it was Christopher Daniels facing off against Suicide. And <laughs> so, when Daniels faced off against Suicide, what ended up happening basically was, for whatever reason, the guns came out. Um, they had a match earlier in, earlier on in the night against Consequences Creed, um, Austin Creed and, um, Jay Lethal and Eric Young. But anyway, for whatever reason, Chris, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley come out, uh, near the end of the match and Chris Saban with the worst and I mean the absolute worst excuse for distracting the referee, he wanted to give him a hug. And literally, if you could read lips, you could see Christopher Daniels. I'm sorry, you could see, um, if you could read lips, you could see Chris Saban saying, hey man, all I wanted to do was give you a hug. He pulls him in, he gives the referee a hug. Meanwhile, his tag team partner is in the ring working over suicide. He does like, one move to suicide and suicides down and out for the count. Daniel slides in after being thrown out of the ring by suicide. Daniel slides in while the, the referee is distracted. Need I remind you, Daniel slides into the ring. And then afterwards he gets the one, the two, the three. 
after Daniels realizes, wait a minute, <clears throat> they're playing back the replay, and then they're showing what happened. They're showing Alex Shelley attacking suicide, and um, Daniels doesn't like it one bit. He grabs a microphone, and then he says, I didn't mean for it to go down like that. Basically saying that he didn't want he didn't want it to end that way. And that he had a different ending in mind. So he talks to the referee after watching the uh, highlights of the match. Because Daniels was thrown outside the ring. He didn't see what Alex Shelley did to suicide. <clears throat> it's almost like Christopher Daniels' back was turned and um, Daniels decided it was a good idea to restart the match. <laughs> he, he restarts the match, and then after that, Don West on commentary once again goes off about this was a part of the plan the entire time to make it look like that Daniels was sympathetic about beating Suicide the way that he beat him, because... Alex Shelley attacking suicide was all a part of of Christopher Daniels' greater plan, according to Don West. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Why don't you, Don West, go ahead and host the next episode of Unsolved Mysteries, seeing as though that you're such a conspiracy a conspiracy nut. That's the way that I see it. But after the five minutes elapsed, um, Suicide couldn't win back his championship. But due to the fact that Daniels requested a rematch, um, he sort of forfeited the X Division title in doing so. So, therefore, if Christopher Daniels could not beat Suicide within the next five minutes... He was not the X Division champion anymore because he forfeited his opportunity. At least that's what they say. So had that been the case, I gave it two ratings because I didn't realize that there was going to be a five-minute overtime. Three out of five stars and three and a half out of five stars was a decent match. Yeah, that's all that I gotta say. It was a decent match. The next one wasn't so decent, though. And it's not that it was poor storytelling. It was just more or less funny, you know. It was the Knockouts Championship match, and Angelina Love faced off against Awesome Kong. Angelina Love, of course, is your um, X, Div X Division. Holy crap. Knockouts Champion. <laughs> awesome Kong. For whatever reason, they have to tell us how much that she weighs. But whenever Angelina Love comes out, we don't have to hear how much that she weighs. Now, it is so disrespectful. So disrespectful. Like, you know, guess her weight. Don't give women a hard time about how much that they weigh. Unless it's an accomplishment for them to weigh over, I guess, 500 pounds or... Something like, do you ever watch 
I hate to I hate to bring this up right now, but I hate to be this person. <clears throat> Have you guys ever watched My Five Hundred Pound Life? Yeah, nobody nobody thinks it's an accomplishment to weigh that much. Kudos to Nia Jax, by the way, for losing so much weight. But anyway, knockouts championship match. Now, a lot of you might be wondering, how's little old Angelina Love going? <laughs> how is she going to prevail victorious? And I thought the same thing, but she did. She ended up winning. And not clean, but she ended up winning. She had to spray something in somebody's eyes. She had to wait until the referee was knocked out. But most of this match was just awesome Kong, basically like, picking her up and slinging her around like she was a rag doll. <clears throat> like she was a toothpick, and she just kept flicking her and flicking her and flicking her out of her mouth. But Awesome Kong was just dominating the entire first and second half of this match, so much so that Angelina Love decided that it was a good idea to turn tail and run until someone who... I don't know this girl's name, but someone who followed accompanied Awesome Kong to the ring decided that it was a good idea to get involved and throw Angelina Love back into the ring. <coughs> but Angelina Love took a lot of punishment, including after she won the match. Awesome Kong did her uh, finisher to Angelina twice. And it's called the Implant Buster. But it just looks like a Tiger Driver. Or a Tiger Driver Suplex. It's honestly reminiscent of uh, Christopher Daniels' old finishing move. I don't know if he does it anymore, but he used to do this move called the Angel's Wings. But they called this one the Implant Buster. I wonder why it's called that. Anyway, the next match on the card was Kevin Nash versus Samoa Joe. <clears throat> Kevin Nash, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Big Sexy. I don't call him Big Sexy, but a lot of a lot of people do. I'm not sure why. Shut up. I'm not gay. I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm not gay. All right, let's get one thing straight. There's a lot of things that I am. A son of a bitch is one of them, but I'm not gay. Anyway, moving on. Kevin Nash versus Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe was bringing his um version of the Nation of Violence to one Kevin Nash. And I should have done this research before this began, but for whatever reason, they kept building Kevin Nash as being taller than Samoa Joe, and quite frankly, he might be. But seeing a younger Samoa Joe uh, wrestle a wrestle a few good matches, let alone one good match right here, was just cherry was just the cherry on top, is what I should say. 
this match was uh decent. Um and it looked like that Samoa Joe was taking everything a little bit too seriously. Like I don't I didn't get the whole nation of violence thing. And honestly I never really understood why he went through that gimmick. And they really didn't do much of, like, the match before it had, like, three, maybe four and a half minutes of hype toward it, you know, about how, we know you're Suicide Daniels, you can't hide it anymore. Get off her. I'll smack you in the head. You leave her alone. I know you're Suicide Daniels because you're using the same moves and oh yeah, I said that there was an ending to that story. Okay, so the ending to that story. Um, A few weeks or maybe it was the very next week that went, that went by um, Hulk Hogan gets suicide in the ring and then he asks him <clears throat> we want to know who's under that mask damn it. You know, and then Hulk Hogan starts getting stern with him, and then he starts basically berating him a little bit. Who's under the mask? Come on, pull it off. And the next thing you know, he pulls off his mask, and it reveals that, oh my god, it's Austin Aries. Aries! Aries has been suicide this entire time. Whenever you do some research online, though, you'll find out that suicide was actually played by a variety of different people. So it is quite possible that suicide was Christopher Daniels originally, or for that matter, suicide was um, if suicide was a whole bunch of different people, who's telling who was under the mask? It's hard to say. Chris Saban tries to make it sound like we know it's you, Daniels. We know you're suicide because you have the same build as suicide. Like, dude, you're all like five foot three and you're all like 150 pounds. What do you mean they have the same build? <laughs> it could be anybody. But anyway, um,. I was on Kevin Nash versus Samoa Joe. They really didn't do any sort of hype for this match at all that I could see. Or maybe I was just paying attention to something else. They did a lot of hype for this match, though. <clears throat> Beer Money, Robert Roode, and James Storm to face off against Magnus and Doug Williams of the British Invasion. So, Beer Money versus the British Invasion. <laughs> and the champions join commentary. Not only are they the champions of, of Impact Wrestling, but they're also the champions of the heavyweight championship division in... IWGP Japan. Now, if you'll remember earlier 
in the program, I mentioned that the machine guns, the um, Motor City machine guns, rather, are the New Japan Junior Tag Team Champions. But, see that not only is there a junior division for people as small as people like Alex Shelley and um, Chris Sabin of the Motor City Machine Guns, but there's also a heavyweight division over in Japan, or at least there was at this point in time. A heavyweight tag team division, so that you don't end up, which sounds ridiculous, you know, but it would really suck to see two small guys get beat up by two larger guys who are like three times their size and the small guys don't stand a chance. So in one way or another, it actually makes sense to have a junior tag team division. But that's like a smaller subset of an even smaller subset, you know? And then to have like, I guess you would also have the middleweight tag team division. And then you would also have like, and I wonder if it's just men or if like they would have another subset of tag team female divisions that would be smaller and heavier. But anyway, the champs join commentary and Don West is an ass kissing machine. So every time that they say something, <laughs> every time that the champions say something on commentary, every time that they make an observation or anything like that, <laughs> he keeps like kissing their ass. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, th that's a great observation, sir. <laughs> you guys are completely right. It's like, yeah, we know we're right. We're the champions. We've been champions all of our lives for 20 years, you know, like we've been doing this longer than you've been alive, buddy. The champions, by the way, are Team 3D, um, who you might know as Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley. And before this match starts, Devon and Bubba end up giving their two cents on who they think is going to win and for that matter, why they think that that team's going to win and for that matter, who they would rather face when it comes to their next pay-per-view. Because they set up this um, tag team division um, invitational, the Dudley Boys Tag Team Invitational Tournament. And what ended up happening was you got these two who were in the finals now, the British Invasion, Mangus, hope that I'm pronouncing that name right, and Doug Williams facing off against Robert Roode, and James Storm of the Beer Money, the British Invasion versus the Beer Money. And honestly, it was a halfway decent match. What really uh, made it stand out was the commentary. The fact that, but the commentary was kind of funny. It was really entertaining. Um, four out of five stars. Even though I don't like the British Invasion that much, I think that they're a bunch of pricks, dicks, and assholes. And they give Britain a bad name. You know what I heard? Not to insult my UK audience or anything, because my analytics show that I have a UK and a European audience, but um, 
I heard that they don't brush their teeth over there in Britain. So, you know, they might, they might end up having like a national case of just nothing but gingivitis. But nonetheless, uh, the next match on the card was the TNA Legends Championship, and it was supposed to be an I Quit match. Now, the reason I say it was supposed to be is because this does not wrestle anything like a fucking I Quit match. For some reason, the referee has a microphone, and he's going to follow you around and ask you at every point, at every third move that they do, whether or not you want to quit or not. AJ breaks a hammer lock because Booker T has his foot on the ropes. Excuse me. I thought I was watching an I quit match. The last time I checked, in an I quit match, there are no rules. The only rule is you have to make your opponent say the words, and I quote, I quit. Now, for those of you wondering, that was not me quitting my podcast. And if you were to take it out of context and put it into... <laughs> I swear to God, I could see somebody like putting that on a tape recording and then walking into my boss's office at the Walmart and then playing it and then saying, see, Robert quit. Got him. But anyway, this whole exchange right here was a joke of a and i hate to say that because booker t booker t made this title this tna legends championship and he made it for the sole purpose so that he could walk around with it and say that he was the tna legends champion and somehow aj styles get it gets it they don't exactly tell you that aj styles gets it how he gets it I must have missed that part, you know? And I hate to give this match such a low rating because on paper it sounds good. You want to know how this match ends? Some woman, and I don't even know who it is, from the main event mafia ends up throwing in the towel for Booker T. Why? Let the man get the... Let the man get the white meat beat out of him if that's what's going to happen. But, I mean, this wasn't even wrestling as though that it was an I quit match. They may as well have had a one-legged race across the ring, for all I know. It, it, it Like, this wasn't an I quit match. No matter how many times I see the words I quit and match together, <laughs> it wasn't an I quit match. You want to know what it was? It was a sham. Alright? This match sucked. And it had Booker T and AJ Styles. How the fuck? On paper, it looks like a good match. Really, it does. But it sucked. Sucked ass. So all throughout the night, as I told you before, they were talking about the, um, even, even during the opening contest, they were talking about the, um, the main event, as though that it was the most important thing that they had to talk about, when in reality, it wasn't the most important thing that they've had to talk about, because they had action right in front of them, remember? Um, and this main event was 
once again, I won't say that it sucked, but it wasn't up to the hype that they were making it out to be. So this was supposed to be a ultimate sacrifice match. Allow me to say that again. An ultimate sacrifice match where every one of the four competitors would put something up. And so it's basically a fatal four-way, but the only person that loses is the person who gets pinned. Or taps out, basically. But, and what really gets me is for the build to this match, everybody kept saying, if Sting gets pinned, now pay attention to what I'm saying, if Sting gets pinned, he loses his career. They didn't say, <laughs> the way that they make it sound is like, if Sting at all gets his shoulders pinned to the mat at all whether it's a one count a two count or an actual pin an actual three count if sting gets pinned period he's gone but anyway we come to our main event jeff jared mick foley who is the champion sting and kurt angle okay so kurt angle's putting up his uh role as the godfather in a group known only as the Main Event Mafia, who seven months ago, he founded. Sting is putting up his career. Mick Foley is putting up uh, his championship. And Jeff Jarrett is putting up his voting shares in the company because he is the CEO of the company. Impact Wrestling, TNA. And no, that doesn't stand for tits and ass wrestling. If it did, honestly... TNA Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, would be more tits than it was ass. Because this, this type of booking right here is the tits. It's really, really good. And I guess you all know it. Now, I'm a titties man. <laughs> Can't get me enough titties. Okay, okay. Uh, thank you all for joining me. If you've made it this far, thank you so much. Also, major announcement, and I promise this time I'm not going to cuck you and um, press the red button right there, and I'm not going to use the mute button on my microphone to make you think that your audio cut out or something like that. I promise you there's a major announcement coming, okay? Are you ready? Alright, I hope that you're ready. I don't mean to sound like D-Generation X and be like, No, I said, are you ready? But, and there's always a but, before I get to the main event, I need to let you guys know something. I just signed up for some merchandise, and it will be coming to my house very soon so the get shenanigans shirt will be available and in a few weeks from now maybe about three maybe about four i will have another t-shirt out as well 
maybe three, maybe four. So give me like a month and I will have another t-shirt out and, you know, it'll be up, it'll be ready to go. And for that matter, I should have opened the podcast by saying this, putting it this late in the show, you know, like a lot of people are going to be like, oh God. I mean, that's how you catch people's attention, right? You just, wait, don't go anywhere before you click off of this podcast. And then it's like, and then you give them something, you know, before you click off this podcast, I'm selling shirts. I also might be selling hats soon. The Get Shenanade shirt should be coming to my house very, very soon. Anyway. I gave this match 3 out of 5 stars. So basically it's like a fatal four way. But the only. So usually in a fatal four way. Let's say that this wasn't. And let's say that we take away the whole storyline. About everything being an ultimate sacrifice. Kurt Angle didn't put up his his, uh, position as the godfather. Uh, Sting didn't put up his career, Mick Foley didn't put up his title, and for that matter, Jeff Jarrett didn't put up his voting shares. So, bare bones, what you would have is a fatal four-way match, um, where practically anything goes. And it was a halfway decent match, um, as far as I could tell. Here's, here's the part. If you was to take away all that, though... You'd, you'd just have a bare-bones Fatal 4-Way match with nothing at stake. Wouldn't make for a very entertaining main event. And for that matter, you know, so I can see why they put something on the line. But to put Sting's career on the line, like, if you used to prioritize this, this list of things that are on the line, Jeff Jarrett would probably be third, Mick Foley would probably be second, and Sting would probably be first. Because... Those are the three things that they wouldn't want to part with. And the reason that I would put Mick Foley second and not third was because in kayfabe, Jeff Jarrett was the CEO of the company. It wouldn't hurt him to lose any sort of... It wouldn't hurt him to lose any sort of... Like if Kurt Angle were to pin Jeff Jarrett, Kurt Angle would get Jeff Jarrett's voting shares. And then he could come out next week. Like, that would be great storytelling. He would come out next week and then he would say something along the lines of, now I'm the one who holds all the cards. I'm the one that yada yada blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard this same song and dance before. You know, it's not a very original story. Don't get me wrong. The balance of power shifting between one person versus the next. And then the next week they come back and then they're like, Oh, you know, I played you for a fool. The contract that you signed was null and void last week. Oh, and I had sex with your sister, too. Oh, (laughs) and I didn't wear a condom. (laughs) God damn it. Sometimes I crack myself up and my cat's looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, you need to stop. I'm trying to take a cat nap. Silly little baby. But anyway, um... Everybody put something up on the line, and who ended up winning? Like I said, whenever the grand scheme of things go, if I was to put it into order, I would put Kurt Angle third, um, McFoley second, and Jeff Jarrett 
that wasn't the order that I did it in. Sting would have to be first, honestly, because having your career on the line is something that's hard to deal with, you know? Like, they wouldn't want to part ways with Sting, and if they would part ways with Sting, then they would do it in a way, like, in a fashion that would be like, hey, let's say that Sting loses this match, and let's say long-term booking-wise, and I know that we've talked about long-term booking, um, you know, they would probably be able to find a way for him to come back that wouldn't be like it wouldn't be poor storytelling it would be something along the lines of hey he's coming back and they would give him a reason to show up they would give him a reason to come back and it would have to be legitimate like i thought i thought i fired you and then you know him end up being a phantom in the crowd or someone who interferes on a match in a match um, that's, you know, high stakes, high caliber. So, you know, bare bones, what you have here is a fatal four-way match, but in reality, you don't even have that because what ends up happening is Sting ends up pinning Kurt Angle and winning... um, so in a regular Fatal 4-Way match, let's say that everybody wasn't to put something up except for Mick Foley. Foley would have lost his championship. But in this case, Foley doesn't lose his championship because Foley wasn't pinned. Because Sting ended up pinning Kurt Angle. They're both main event Mafia members and Sting ended up taking the Godfather position from Kurt Angle, and apparently that meant a lot to Kurt Angle. The main event mafia was just a group that they came up with. I'm I'm not sure why. They say they always say stuff like we're gonna treat you guys like family, you know? Like I guess that they were just watching one too many Robert De Niro films and just decided to you know, they, like family, like family, am I right? <laughs> oh, God damn it. I love this show, I swear. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I'm sorry this week there wasn't any Kevin Owens jokes. I guess I really flew the coop this time, huh? Oh, I'm a glutton for punishment. Thank you all for tuning in this week to another quaking episode of the Gut Wrench Podcast. And if you want those t-shirts, they're free. That's right. Especially for those of you who uh, work with me or for that matter, work near me. So I'm not going to like, you know, mail you a t-shirt. Or anything like that. Whenever I say that they're free, I mean, I'm I'm not going to charge for them. Also, if you've stuck around this long, there might be, or there might not be, and don't feel inclined to do so if you don't have like the funds for it. But 
if there happens to be a PayPal or a Cash App dot me link, you know, just slip me five dollars. I hate to ask, but if you like the content and you're enjoying what you hear and you want to hear this content grow, then maybe consider showing some appreciation. If not, then I understand. The content's still going to be here, regardless. Maybe you ain't got the money, or for that matter, maybe you just not feeling generous. It's all good. We still friends. So I was asking a friend of mine how I was asking a friend of mine basically, hey, what do you think I should do with the podcast? And she said, you should ask for donations. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do that. And then she's like, well, that's what you're going to have to do if you want to grow. And then I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Who's the donation? Who's the donations for me or the, the content, the podcast? And then she was like, well, if you're smart, you wouldn't use those donations for your personal <laughs> so uh, you know I'm not like broke or anything don't worry you know I've got a full time full paying job and everything of that nature I hope you enjoy the content <clears throat> and for that matter I enjoy I enjoy making the content so I'm not going anywhere I'm not going to put myself behind a paywall anything of that nature and um everyone have a great morning a great night a great afternoon and for that matter thank you so much for listening to the gut wrench podcast and that's a wrap that's a wrap <laughs>